All righty, folks. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We've just done our AFC recap, and we are on our way to the NFC recap. You know, the one thing I will say, you know, it's a strange preseason. We didn't have a preseason, so we know so much less about these players coming in, how they're going to perform, what roles they're going to have. This is no time for panicking. I've got a partner that is panicking like there's no tomorrow. I don't want to hear that right now. We are doing homework here. We're looking at the situations and we're evaluating. This is kind of like preseason right now. So I would really say to everyone, you know, if there's people out there that are just looking to press the eject button very quickly, first of all, in some instances, you may have panicking on players in week one, and you can take advantage of that in trades, but this is not a time to panic, Wiz. That's all I want to say. Week one is in the books. We got it through safely. It was nice to see fans in the stadiums, in a couple of stadiums. I really would like to be seen, seeing this being done safely in more stadiums for sure. But again, not a time to panic. It's a time to pay attention, evaluate, and take a look at what's going on. There's going to be lots of opportunities to potentially improve your team, but you don't want to make any big mistakes in desecrating a team. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. And I would say, you know, don't be too high on anything you've seen in week one. Don't be too low on anything you've seen. Remain even keeled. Um, you know, keep your keep your composure and and don't overreact. I mean, just you know, let it play out. I know it's difficult. It could be frustrating. It, you could tend to get very you know upset and annoyed about things. You could uh, tend to be overexcited about something you saw. Just kind of be even keeled. Let it play out. Get a get a better sample size. One week is not a sample size to really judge, but we're going to have a one-week sample size when we analyze, you know, what took place in week one. We're going to start on the NFC East, NFC East, which includes your beloved New York football giants. So have at it. Give us a quick analysis of what you saw in week one regarding the four teams in the NFC East. Okay, so uh, I'll start with the Giants uh, from last night's game. And look, they were facing a very challenging defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Saquon Barkley and this young offensive line could not find any maneuverability in the run game. Barkley was effective in the pass game. Uh, I think the one thing that I'm super excited about when it comes to the New York football Giants, now I know Golden Date didn't play, but Darius Slayton is the best receiver on this team, in my opinion, from a fantasy perspective. I felt that coming into the season, you have to be very happy if you own him because he had a lights out performance last night on the, in, in, on, on the Monday night game. So very excited about his rapport with Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones is going to be behind in a lot of games. He made that one really stupid interception uh, down near the goal line, which wasn't good. Look, he runs. He actually had 279 yards passing. And granted, there was some garbage time stuff here. But I still like Daniel Jones as a number two quarterback in terms of fantasy perspective. He's going to have some solid games, and he did here. The Giants don't have a very good defense, and that offensive line is a concern. So Barkley is going to have his challenges against some of these really, really, really great defensive teams, and we saw that last night. Um, I'm going to let you talk a little bit more in detail about the Dallas Cowboys, but it's the first game of the Mike McCarthy era, uh, much like it was the first game of the Joe Judge era. So it takes some times to get you know used to a new system. However, they, they have the beneficiary of, of having Kellen Davis in, in place as the offensive coordinator. I just thought it was a very boring performance from the Cowboys. They have way too much 
offensive talent to perform the way they did on Monday night. But I'm going to let you go more into detail on that. The biggest concern I have in this division coming into coming out of week one is the offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, a phenomenal win by the Washington football team. Great stuff with the uh, halftime stuff with Ron Rivera with the IV. But, you know, Dwayne Haskins rallied the troops. Yes, a pedestrian performance. But this is a big win against a division rival. The Washington football team has been kicked around all offseason an exciting win for them. Uh, look, I think you want to pay attention to a couple of things here. Now, I was very high on Antonio Gibson coming into the season. I'm not about to get too riled up yet about Peyton Barber carrying the ball 17 times for 29 yards. Um, I think McLaurin and Steven Sims, they're the best receivers on this team. Haskins, I would like to see less of the 175 to 200-yard performances and him stepping it up a little bit in the passing game. I'd say one guy to watch is Logan Thomas at tight end, the former uh, quarterback in college. He was talked up in the preseason. He was targeted eight times in game one. So that's the only thing I'll say on on the Washington football team. But going back to the Eagles, I was concerned about this offensive line. There was no Miles Sanders, so Boston Scott... Didn't really have uh, too good of a game and wasn't that involved in the passing game either. He actually got nicked up in this game, came back out later. Wentz had a good start, but the Eagles as a, as a team completely collapsed in this ball game. Just outplayed for the last two and a half quarters. I was concerned about this receiving core. I remain concerned about the receiving core. Dallas Goddard was the beneficiary of that big game here. A little bit worried about Zach Ertz being distracted by this um, contract situation. Uh, John Hightower got in there a little bit. Jalen Rager had one long catch for 55 yards. I'm just concerned about this team overall. And as an Eagle fan, you know, chanting Fly Eagles Fly, I'm not sure uh, there was a lot of Fly Eagles Fly going on uh, this past Sunday. All right, so um, let's start with the Giants. Um, I'm, I'm going to still have the same opinion about Daniel Jones that, I, that I've had throughout. I think he'll be a, he's a better fantasy football quarterback than he is a quarterback. Once again, uh, you know, mistakes. Uh, some of it is attributed to that Steeler defense. Some of it, it was not. He got tricked by that play by T.J. Watt on the Steelers who – who may believe he was going to rush and step back into coverage, and he threw it right to him. Um, and then the other play at the when they were in, in near the end zone, Bud Dupree made an incredible play to get his hand on the ball. Look, the Steelers had some great players: Terrell Edmonds and and Dupree and T.J. Watt and Fitzpatrick. Uh, so they're they're going to make a lot of young quarterbacks look foolish. But Daniel Jones has got to you know treasure that that ball and and not turn the ball over and uh, also just one other thing about the Giants you know teams just outsmart themselves and after Johnson fumbled that punt and they took over at the four yard line the first play was a handoff to Barkley they got it right outside the one second down pass third down pass fourth down field goal you don't win games win divisions win championships and win super bowls by kicking field goals and you've got to get the ball to your best player and sometimes you have to get the ball to your best player even when the other team knows you're going to get the ball to your best player just these teams outsmarted themselves and i don't know i'm not sure i'm i'm more impressed jason garrett as uh, with the giants than i was with the cowboys so i'll leave it at that um the eagles let's go to another quarterback that i'm not impressed with carson wentz they were winning 17 nothing end of the first half they had a uh you know they they really had a, a firm 
grasp of that game. And then he makes a terrible throw and gives them the ball at you know at at the forty yard line of the Eagles. And 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 Washington moved around the field. They scored a touchdown, you know, right before halftime. And then they just never gave up. You know, the momentum just kept going for Washington, and and the Eagles could do nothing in that game. I know they're hurt. They have some skilled players that are hurt. I know their offensive line is banged up. Uh, Carson Wentz has got to play better as well. You have to understand game situations, and, like, at that point, he has to make the Washington football team earn it and drive down the field, and they just weren't doing nothing, and to just give them the ball with that terrible throw. And then he had some other bad plays as well. But um, so nothing has changed as far as my view on Wentz and the Eagles. And I was impressed that Washington hung in there. Their defense is good. I said that their defense would keep them in some games. They actually won that game on Sunday. Uh, I wouldn't get so in such a, you know, get so upset about Gibson. I wouldn't be giving up on Gibson. It was just a game. I mean, it's not like Peyton Barber averaged 10 yards a carry. I don't even think he averaged two yards a carry. Uh, he got the goal line stuff, but I, I wouldn't be um, overly concerned with that. McLaurin is a really good receiver. He'll, he's going he's gonna to play well in just about every game. So, not, you know, that that's good. And, uh, and as far as the Cowboys concerned, I hated the way their offense looked. And it's not so much the end result. And it's not so much about the bad coaching and the poor decision to go on fourth and three when you're down by three and their lack of third. It was the plays they were running. Every play, like the throw and the receivers, within like eight to ten yards from the line of scrimmage. I mean, you have got to stretch defenses. They feel they have to fear that on any given throw, you are going to throw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field. And look at those receivers they have. I still think CeeDee Lamb is going to lead the Cowboys in receiving yards this year and receptions. I really do. But they got to start utilizing him the right way. I mean, you got Cooper pinned against the sidelines on every route. Gallup pinned against the sidelines on every route on the other side. And you have CeeDee Lamb running three-yard crossing routes, you know, in traffic. And I, I just felt Mike McCarthy did not improve on what he was accused of and the reason why he was left Green Bay uh, or, or was terminated from Green Bay is having an outdated offense. And uh, they, and I'm not sure him or the offensive coordinator is calling the plays uh, more, but either, either regard, their offense looked predictable and it looked out of date. And when you have the best trio of receivers in the NFL – you have got to throw the ball and try for chunk plays. And there wasn't there wasn't hardly any of them in that game. And if that continues, um, the Cowboys may be looking for a new coach next year as well. So um, that's what I have to say about the Cowboys. We'll see. It's only one game, but I did not like it all. Hopefully there will be drastic improvements game two, but we'll have to see. Um, moving to the NFC North. So have at it, Lions, Vikings, Bears, Packers, four pretty good teams going in. Do you think there are four pretty good teams going out of week one? So um, 
Let's let's really look. It's interesting because both each teams were matched up, so all teams in the uh, NFC North were playing one another. So Chicago, Detroit. I think I sent a text to you and Ricky during the game that Mitch Trubisky is awful, and I did send that text. <laughs> I definitely sent that text uh, sometime in the third quarter. Um, just an unbelievable win for them, and you know, look, I'm happy for the player. He came back. He overcame some adversity. And he ended up winning the football game. And uh, he made a couple of good throws. Look, I, th- I thought the Bears ran the ball pretty well in the game. They, they averaged over five yards a carry against the Lions, um, who I thought were going to be an improved defense coming in. Um, I didn't like that Anthony Miller wasn't on the field as much as I thought he would be. But, um, but nonetheless, Allen Robinson had a good game. Um, Darnell Mooney was on the field quite a bit. So just a player to keep an eye on. He didn't do a lot, three catches for 38, but just a player to keep an eye on. But a great comeback win for this team. You know, look, I know Detroit had its issues in this game, uh, you know, with uh, Kenny Galladay not playing. Uh, I think, Kenny Galladay. Uh, uh, Kenny Galladay not playing, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Stafford did his best, uh, you know, with a with a situation where uh, hard to believe a guy who was on a different team the week before ended up leading them in, in rushing, and that was Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, from a, from a receiving standpoint, you know, we all thought Marvin Jones would have a really good game. He didn't. Amendola was a beneficiary um, of, of the dink and dunk. And I was astonished to see that Quintez Cephas was <laughs> targeted 10 times in this game. So definitely a player we want to keep an eye on should there be an injury here. Because uh, Matt Stafford went to him 10 times in week one. I know how high you were on Hawkinson coming into the year. And he had a very, very good first game, much like he did at the beginning of last season. Let's hope he keeps his momentum and stays healthy uh, for this year. I'd say the worst story of the entire weekend for the NFC North was the Minnesota Viking defense. Uh, they were lousy last year against the pass, and Aaron Rodgers lit him up. Now, I felt Rodgers was going to come in with a chip on his shoulder, and actually I thought he was probably valued way too low. I did manage to pick him up in one of my leagues, and I started him this week. I was very happy what I saw. They got production from only three receivers, and but they all had good games, and, and Devontae Adams went berserk. But Lazard and uh, uh, Marquez Val- Valdez-Scantling actually had good games too. Uh, as we mentioned in this running game, we, we thought that Aaron Jones was a little bit of a risk this year with A.J. Dillon there, and there's still Jamal Williams. But he punched it into the end zone. Dylan only got two carries in week one, but it's a situation that we'll have to watch. But again, the most glaring thing to me is the Minnesota Viking defense just doesn't show up. They were playing garbage time most of the game, and, and really there was nothing exciting going on with this offense other than they were trying to catch up late in the game. So I'll let you to continue uh, on the story about the NFC North. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, the, there's not really much to add to that. Start thinking, you know, to yourself as a Viking fan, if I don't know if if Mike Zimmer has worn out his welcome, the the players aren't hearing him. I mean, man, this is a game at home. They just want to win so badly against Green Bay. They kind of like gear up to to for this game against Green Bay, and they usually really play well against Aaron Rodgers. And you know, it was it was kind of disappointing to see that, and then with the ease. Of the play, of the throws he was able to make, um, yeah, and, and you know, I thought I'm, you know, I was not high on Aaron Rodgers here in that situation. I think I have to take a wait and see approach with the Packers and Vikings to see if the Vikings are just going to be horrific 
Or if the other side of the coin is not, it was just Aaron Rodgers playing great and he's going to continue that. I could see either one of those things happening. So we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to see about that. Uh, as far as the Lions, man, you have to feel for Matt Stafford. He, he doesn't have not only his best receiver, but a receiver who's one of the best wide receivers in football, and he still had that game. He made a great throw to DeAndre Swift. He dropped that ball. Oh, my God. Like 10 or 15 seconds to go in that game. Um, Quintez Cephas uh, was targeted 10 times, and uh, I actually picked that player up in uh, in, a, in our league uh, where, where it's a, a deep league. And uh, um, so I, I, I thought he'd be the guy that would get a lot of the action since Galladay. I'm high. I'm so high on T.J. Hawkinson. I, I just I just think he's a terrific player who who, who wasn't able to really show what he's made of in the Bears. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know. Trubisky, I know, played played better in the second half. I'm gonna have to take a wait and see an approach as far as as far as that concerned. So I I think it's one of those things where uh it's week one, it's difficult to really, really judge and this is a division that you have to see a few more games before you could make any sort of um decision on fantasy players going forward, which moves to the NFC South, which has some terrific offensive teams in this division. So why don't you start off and talk about what you saw, what you liked, and what you didn't. I would say the thing that I liked more than anything from any of these teams in this division was the Carolina offense. And I know we talked about this you know, Matt Rule, the new head coach, Joe Brady in there as offensive coordinator. But the, the targets were evenly divided between Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and, um, and uh, DJ Moore. Uh, the nine, eight, and nine, I think, was the targets for those guys. I felt coming into this year that the McCaffrey usage was going to be a little bit different, and I did get that impression. But I, I really was excited. Teddy Bridgewater, went, you know, what I saw of him looked very, very good. He actually ran the ball a little bit. So you have to be somewhat confident. I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably hanging out there on a lot of waiver wires as a second QB. I would suggest picking up that player is all I would say. Uh, didn't get anything from Ian Thomas in this game, but he's their tight end. But it was, you know, it was nice to see Robbie Anderson – you know, right away he had the long touchdown. Um, same old story is going to continue in Atlanta. Dan Quinn will probably be relieved this year of his job. This defense can't stop anybody. Matt Ryan is going to play from behind. He's going to be great for fantasy. It's great for Julio. It's great for Ridley. And it's great for uh, Hurst. Um, you know, where I'm not excited, I, you know, Todd Gurley, he's He's not the same player he once was, and I still think we're seeing that. I know he scored a touchdown, but the touches, they're not going to be there. They're going to have a little bit more uh, of, uh, of guys coming in and out there at, at, the, at the running back position. But this team will be behind frequently. Uh, I'm going to let you talk a little bit more in detail about T Tampa Bay, which, you know, I'd say the only thing here certainly was that Mike Evans probably shouldn't have been on the field. And there was a lot of timing issues on this team in general. But look, Ronald Jones certainly looked like he was the running back that you want to own here for now. Um, the other guys really didn't do anything. But Tom Brady looked rusty and, you know, looked like he was out of sync with some of his players in this game. Um, speaking of out of sync, you know, as much as New Orleans put a lot of points on the board, the offense, you know, they came out with really, you know, okay, Kamara scored two touchdowns. Mike Thomas did nothing. Drew Brees did nothing. 
I don't know. I think I think you can't be completely confident in what you saw from the New Orleans Saints on Sunday, even though they came away with the victory in this game. In fact, I go one step further. The best pass that was thrown in the game was by Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no, there, there's no, there's no question about that. Let me ask you a question about just going back to Atlanta for a second. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't have to recap the stuff that you talked about, with Carolina. It's you know that that was all fair. But what do you think about Matt Ryan throwing the ball um, fifty-four times? completing 37 passes, 450 yards. And then, you know, you see that. And then let's say you're the owner of Hayden Hurst, who a lot of people had creeping up inside the top 10 at tight end and maybe even getting closer to top seven. And he comes up with a three for 38 in that game. Concerns? No, because they're going to be behind. So Russell Gage was the beneficiary in this game, which we should have mentioned. All three receivers were targeted 12 times, and they all went over 100 yards. Just a remarkable storyline, actually. Ridley- I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not sure like the people who thought, oh, okay, let me take uh, Austin Hooper's numbers from last year and now just you know add a little bit onto that, and that's going to be Hayden Hurst. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to take the wait-and-see approach as far as Hayden Hurst is yeah. concerned. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as uh, Tampa Bay, uh, well, let me just talk about the game, okay? I'm not, you know, you look at the score of the game, and you see that the Saints put up 34 points in the game. Now, let's say you didn't know the score of the game, and somebody just said to you, oh, let me give you a few numbers from the box score. Alvin Kamara, 16 yards rushing. Michael Thomas, 17 yards receiving. Emmanuel Sanders, 15 yards receiving. I mean, you would have thought, oh my goodness, the Saints may have scored like seven points in this game. But they put up a big number, but to me, it's a deceiving big number that was you know, attributed to by... A pick six for a touchdown, a costly turnover, some good starting field position for the Saints, a couple of big plays here and there. I I didn't particularly like what I saw from Drew Brees. And there was like some rumors that the Saints were actually trying and to get Brady and were in on that. So just quickly, some thoughts on Brees. Concerns or... Not so much. I didn't own, own Drew Brees in any league this year. I didn't want to deal with it. I think, you know, yeah, I'd be concerned because I just don't see this being a situation where it's the Drew Brees of old. He'll have a few good games here and there, but there'll be tremendous inconsistency throughout the year. Yeah, I think I think that could be right. I'm just, you know, I don't know. I'm 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 not quite sure that Philip Rivers and Drew Brees are not on the other side of that mountain, and they've had a great, both players have had great careers, but I'm just not sure in terms of velocity, getting the ball out to their receivers, if Rivers and Breeze are not on a slow decline, I'm not sure. Brady, I'm going to, I know, you know, had some, didn't have a great game, a horrendous throw that was a pick six for a touchdown. He never shifted on the ball out there. I don't know, it was maybe one of the worst 
throws of his career in terms of not being able to read the defense. But I want to see a healthy Mike Evans before I start, you know, criticizing Tampa Bay. And I'm going to tell you something else about Tampa Bay. Their defense, I know once again, you see Saints 34, but I liked how active, athletic, and strong the Tampa Bay defense is. And I'll tell you something, Tampa Bay is going to have some games this year when they get ahead of teams, and I think they are going to have a lot of sacks, a lot of strip sacks, fumbles, a lot of interceptions. Um, So I I would say, again, kind of deceiving on both sides. Not as strong for the Saints' offense as the score would indicate, and certainly not as bad for the Bucs' defense as the score would indicate. So I want to take a a way-to-see approach about – Brady and the Tampa Bay offense with a full and healthy Evans. I guess my question, the last question before we move on to the next division. So when Fournette gets more acclimated, how do you see that thing working out? Do you think that's going to be a full-blown timeshare with Ronald Jones? Or do you think Ronald Jones is off to such a head start that he's going to get the lion's share for a while? Yeah, I think to start right now, you know, look, Fournette's learning the offense. I think Probably we'll get to a situation where it's more of a 50-50-60-40 split. But for now, this is uh, it looks like it's Ronald Jones uh, who's going to be in charge, at least for now. I know McCoy was out there a little bit, but mostly in passing downs. But, yeah, I think it's a situation right now where you've got to be a little bit more confident about the Ronald Jones situation after, after week one, at least. Yep. So let's look at the NFC West. And I'm going to start off here because one of my bold predictions and one of the things I was adamant about this year was were the 49ers, that they were not going to win the division and even struggle to make the playoffs. And I feel even stronger about that uh, after watching game one. It's not an overreaction. It's just something I felt before the season, and I feel even stronger about it. Their defense kind of took teams by surprise last year. I'm not sure if they're going to do that. They still have a strong defense. I'm not. I'm not saying they don't. That would be ridiculous saying that they don't have a good defense and a strong defense. But I like these other teams in that division. I like the Cardinals. I like the Seahawks and the Rams. And I'm not saying that because they all won the first game and the 49ers are in last at 0-1. I'm saying because there are a lot of things to like about those other teams. Uh, And I'll touch on it briefly. Um, You know, Kyler Murray was running all over the place, keeping plays alive. That's something, you know, you expect, and that's going to continue. The thing is, can they execute when they get down in the red zone better than they did last year? Can their offensive line hold up? And can their defense, you know, hold teams to the, you know, to to under 20 points or around that? I'm not sure if they can. Wow. I think maybe Seattle is going to let Russell Wilson the cook. Your MVP prediction is off to a roaring start with Russ Wilson. Four touchdowns. It looks like they're opening things up. If you own Russell Wilson, and I do in one league, um, man, you have to be happy what you saw. The Rams continue to be the biggest conundrum in the National Football League. I just think you cannot figure them out from week to week. If you own Jared Goff, I think it's going to be a season of headaches to try and figure out when to start them. If you own Akers, Malcolm Brown, I think Henderson is probably clearly third at this point, but you're just never quite sure when it's going to be Malcolm Brown or Cam Akers week. Cooper Cup with this 12th personnel is not being utilized the right way. Um, 
and the their offense, you know, is efficient, but not overly exciting in terms of fantasy perspective. And that's whether you have Cooper Cup, Higby, um, and some of those other guys. Robert Woods is the only guy who just seems to be the constant. Um, you know, fantasy football success as far as the Rams are concerned. He's just so consistent, and uh, they utilize him no matter what their personnel is out there. So, you know, interesting things as far as the NFC West is concerned. I'm not thrilled with the 49ers offense. I don't think their defense is is, is going to take teams by surprise, maybe like they did last year. I think um, – yeah, I, I am not sure I'm thrilled with the 49ers. So have at it. Finish up uh, what you think about some of those teams in the AFC and the NFC West. Okay, so uh, a yeah, big win for Arizona going on the road and winning. And obviously it's a little different than going on the road and winning with fans in the stands. But nonetheless, they, they, they go to San Fran. They win this game. San Fran's very maligned personnel-wise. You know, Kittle got hurt in this game. No Ayuk, no Debo Samuel. I mean, there was just nothing going on there for San Fran. The running game is, you know, Mostert. I know you liked him coming into the year. It was really nice for Jarek McKinnon to finally get in there and do something. I don't know. It's a situation to watch here from a backup perspective. But Tevin Coleman, you know, there was an air quality issue, and he has uh, early trait sickle cell. So something to watch here in terms of who's going to be the backup um, to uh, to Raheem Mostert. So. That's one thing. The other receivers did absolutely nothing. I took a shot on Dante Pettis in one league, you know, one target. Kendrick Bourne did nothing. So, you know, and Jordan Reed actually stuck his nose in there and caught a couple of balls. And, and by the way, if Kittle's, Kittle misses this week, Jordan Reed will be an interesting streaming choice um, for, for daily uh, fantasy players. Um, but Arizona, you know, Chase Edmonds is probably one of the top three or four backups uh, in all of fantasy football. Uh, if you're a Kenyon Drake owner, you better definitely make it, keep an eye on it. And I think he'll have standalone value in some weeks. He had a nice, exciting uh, reception for a touchdown. He's going to get his touches. Kyler Murray was great. You know, certainly he fed his new toy, DeAndre Hopkins, 16 times, 14 catches. I think one concern he has Christian Kirk um, basically catching one ball for zero yards. So, you know, very interesting there. Um, the Rams, yeah, like you said, they're going to be playing this two, these two tight end sets. Malcolm Brown was very effective, as we saw. My partner, Mike Meadows, wanted this player. We have him on our bench. Um, I think that'll change as the season wears on, but he's probably not going to go away easily. Cam Akers and him, maybe here and there you'll stick in Daryl Henderson. But, yeah, the most frustrating player right now to own as an L.A. Ram, as you said, is definitely Cooper Cup. This is now – we have a nine-game sample on this, folks. Since they've gone to this two-tight-end offense where they're trying to protect Goff and have him, you know, not throwing the ball under pressure as much, and, and Cooper Cup has – done literally nothing for nine games straight now so a concerning situation for sure for the Rams and as far as you know Russell Wilson goes they only ran the ball 16 or 17 times in this game I believe this is a MVP season that is underway and it's a very very good start for sure all righty good stuff so we're going to be back on Thursday where we're going to talk about the Thursday night football game we're going to talk about who we like from a betting perspective with the point spread and we're going to give our fantasy guys to start and who maybe not to start in the thursday night game so uh good stuff anything else you want to add or we're going to uh just wait until uh, the thursday night game for the yeah, next podcast? i think so and there's probably some interesting pickups out there i don't know how you feel i know granted look we're competing in leagues too uh, we've mentioned a few players here from a pickup perspective but look you want to pay attention to these situations that we've kind of described 
And there are guys that are going to be available on a lot of waiver wires out there. You know, so I don't know when you when folks start their waiver process. Some people do it Wednesday. Some people do it Thursday. But you want to pay very close attention. And again, some of the details that we gave out here, the injuries that are impacting players, and just what we saw situationally, like we mentioned. You know, I don't know. Kenny Galladay misses another three or four weeks. You know, a guy like Quintez Cyphus is going to be a, a guy that should be picked up, you know, if you're a Kenny Galladay owner because – Getting ten balls thrown to you in week one of your first NFL game is a is a promising sign for what uh, what the future holds for you. Yep, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, we'll, uh, fantastic. And uh, I don't know. Thursday, I, yep. I, yeah, we will talk on Thursday uh, and then wish everybody well. Uh, you know, for the rest of the uh, coming day. Thank you. Got it.